Hi, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. Lena, we're back again at season two. Season two! Yeah. We've had a little hiatus. <laughs> yes, two weeks. And we haven't treated it very well, have we? <laughs> well, it depends on what you mean by that. We didn't get ahead on the podcast. We didn't do any work at all. It's Sunday and this is coming out Tuesday, so... Hey. Well, what can we say? Hey. Other than we're glad to be back. We're very glad to be back. This is the only thing that keeps us going in our marriage. Well, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Honey, we got a really nice review. Oh, we did. That's right. I'd Alex. like to read all of our many, many reviews, and we had another one come in. Oh, many, many. I mean, it's many more than I thought we were going to get. <laughs> we didn't think we'd get any reviews. So here we go. Yes. It is from Oreo Coco. Love. I recently found this podcast, and I love it. I have been listening to it every day at work. I absolutely love One Tree Hill, and I love hearing your thoughts on it. I keep catching myself laughing out loud at work. I wonder what kind of job they have. Oreo, you should write to us and tell us about your job. I'm imagining Oreo being like a proctologist, like laughing. <laughs> they have like a little Bluetooth earbud in them. Can you imagine listening. being examined by a proctologist, and then they start giggling? I can actually. I can too, and I don't. I think I'd file a lawsuit, like instant, on my way out. That would be like my checkout procedure. Would be lawsuit. I mean, is that worthy of a lawsuit though? Just it, somebody laughing at you while you're getting operated, while it wasn't operated on, but while you wait. Do I misunderstand what proctologists do? They stick their fingers inside of your butt. Right. To check if for... somebody ever stuck their finger in my butt and started laughing, I don't know what would happen, but it wouldn't be good. Lena. <laughs> Well, anyway, we're back. Let's <laughs> anyway, move we're, on. We are back. Um, we are at. The, we left off at a very exciting season one finale. We are picking up. Well, I guess we'll decide later if this was an exciting season two opening episode. It's called "The Desperate Kingdom of Love," which was my life up until I met Alex. So. Well, that's very nice of you to Yay. say. Alex, would you like to give us a brief synopsis of what happened? Well, here's what happens. Okay, Dan had a heart attack at the very end of the last season. Did he die? That's the question on everybody's mind. And everybody is trying to understand what's happened to Dan. We have Deb, who is in dire straits. We have Keith, who doesn't want to come back to Tree Hill for his bastard of a brother, which whom he planted his seed in his ex, well, not quite ex-wife yet. Mm. But he's contemplating coming back with Lucas, who has a freshly shaved head. Oh yeah, he does. Brooke and Peyton are making amends, mm -hmm. hanging out on a boat, you know. Yep. And we have to see a little bit of the fallout between Nathan and Haley getting married. Ooh. What an episode we have in store. What an episode. And what a synopsis that was. You know, because I realized before, I wasn't really giving, like, I was giving, like, an actual summary. Uh-huh. Not really, like, you wouldn't listen to my synopsis and then go watch the episode. I'm ruining everything for you with everything I used to say. Well, that is true. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's still worth it for me to read official synopsis i don't know if it's been <laughs> worth it since episode two. Oh my I'm, god i know that you started this just because you thought i'd be terrible at it you did wow and now i think I'm okay. now on the air <laughs> is when you are addressing your dislike of my ideas okay no, i'll put that away honey I don't i'll dislike put it. it away right now well <laughs> we are denying everyone the official synopsis that's fine that is fine 
let's just do what you want. Whatever you want. I don't know why you're treating me this way. Well. We're going to get bad reviews now because of this. Well, we could use a few. <laughs> we have only five stars. You know, we got to balance it out a little bit. You know? Honey, don't say that. I'm kidding. Please don't hate us. We have like six ratings, you know, and that we makes me feel good. We have six ratings and we're really on, fucking on, happy. On Apple Podcasts. That's we very do. nice. We do. And we're grateful for each and every one. Oreo, by the way, we did want to say thank you. We just completely <laughs> got caught up in talking about butts getting fingered. I mean, what... Just a normal day in our house, you know? Actually, it is. <laughs> Whoa. All right. So moving on. Do you want to get started, Alex? Moving on. We are picking up right where we left off. We pan over what appears to be, because there's a sign off front and everything, of a funeral home. <laughs> and we start to think, who could have died? But as it gets closer, we see the family there. We see Deb crying. We see Keith with his little sunglasses mm-hmm. on. Shielding his tears because of toxic masculinity. Yeah. We see Nathan kneeling in front of the coffin. And we find out that Dan is inside. I wrote, everyone is sitting around and not sure how to feel because ultimately, isn't it a good thing that Dan is dead? That's true. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Anyway. <laughs> so Dan is dead. Mm-hmm. And then Deb actually comes over. She's kneeling now. Nathan is sitting and kneeling, I believe. Isn't he? Well, I know that Deb comes over and oh, takes over. you're right. Okay, you're right. Because she grabs Dan's hand and suddenly, out of nowhere, Dan wakes up, looks at her and says, You killed me, you bitch. <gasps> and suddenly, Deb wakes up. She's at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Dan is out. Is Dan in a coma or is he just like sleeping? <laughs> Because I feel like they ask several times, like, when is it normal that he's still asleep? And I feel like they're not saying, like, is it normal he's in a coma? Like, what's the difference between a coma and just sleeping a lot? So that's a great <laughs> question. I mean, when you go to surgery and you, like, wake up, like, are you technically in a coma until you wake up? I right. Well, so is that the implication? He was in surgery and then... I would think so. He... I, I think, you know, surgery or he got... I have no idea. Who knows? We don't know anything about the medical world, but so he's alive. Coco, he's alive. Are you a proctologist? Do you have anything to say? Oreo, about this? let us know. I don't know who your job is. But... We're just going to reference Oreo Coco <laughs> as like the third host of this podcast from here on forward. So. Please, Coco. Help us out. Coco. Mama Coco. Ah! Do you remember that movie? I do remember that movie. Anyway. So yeah, that happens. And so I guess this is something that One Trail loves to do. They love to open with like a fake out and act like crazy shit has happened when really it's just like, okay, dream sequence. Move on. They do this a lot. They do this a lot. I think this is the first time they do it in like a... No, this is the second time actually because remember when Lucas was falling asleep after getting out of the hospital and Haley came over, he was like dreaming of Peyton at the, the basketball court and saw Brooke's face appear. Anyway, point is they do this and this is this is a One Tree Hill move and I, I think it's funny but I remember when I first watched this, I was like, oh, Dan is dead. Like I remember really... <laughs> believing dan had died i was 16 and i was absolutely their ideal audience so honestly it's understandable because he i mean they they could have killed a huge character off at the end of the season and that would be so insane you better hope i die and then he does you know yeah anyway so that happened next we see nathan and Haley in bed he is staring at her and he is horny as hell he wants to fuck big time but as we remember back they got married yesterday and they start reminiscing about it and they're it. all cuddling and in love and talking about it yeah then the phone starts to ring and oh, man i had to turn my fucking phone on nathan said <laughs> he didn't say that nathan's like god my mom keeps calling me god she won't leave me alone <sighs> fucking moms deb keeps calling him nonstop, and he's basically like avoiding her and he says something like 
oh, she probably just wants the car back, <laughs> bitch. And then <laughs> Haley's like, well, in that case, just keep on fucking me, bro. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But yeah. I think the scene actually ends with him being like, nah, cool. Put some ice on me. And then he grabs his phone and uh, seems to be calling her back. So that is in, in action. We transfer to Keith and Lucas standing upon a beach in Charleston, South Carolina. There's Keith wearing those sunglasses again. Yep. And we see that Lucas now has a shaved head. A bald ass head. He does. And Keith, I don't know if like where did Lucas get his haircut? Actually, question. Does this is this a bald head or just a shaved head? It's shaved. So when I said Lucas and his bald ass head, that is not correct. Did you say that earlier? Uh, oh yes, I did. And I wrote it as well. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's, I mean... I mean, does someone have to... Someone has to really try to be bald. Some people call it bald, though. So he shaved his head, but to get it truly bald, he'd have to use, like, shaving cream and a razor and, like, really get get in there. Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah. So I'm assuming he did it himself. Like, he went to the bathroom, excused himself to the bathroom, and then buzzed off all his hair and came out. Like He a... walked out to the beach, thought mm-hmm. Lucas was taking, like, a killer dump. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he comes back with his hair like that. Yeah. Yep. What do you think of his hair? I mean, it's okay. Do you think he looks good? I mean, I don't think he looks great. The question is, are you normally attracted to Chad Michael Murray? I'm not normally attracted to him, no. And this doesn't change things Do you think me. it detracts or enhances his physical I think appearance? it detracts. I think it looks nicer with the longer hair. I think he looks better with longer hair, too. I mean, I remember when I first saw this, I thought it looked pretty good. But I didn't prefer it still. And I still don't. I strongly prefer his other hair. But Lucas, as we will see, has a lot of questionable hair throughout the series. So this is hardly the worst it gets. Yeah. This is not. This is still acceptable. So there's still not much going on here, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But Keith gets a phone call also to end this little scene. And now we go to Karen, who is seeing a Lucas lookalike outside of the cafe. Some little kid wearing a gray hoodie, mm-hmm. doing a little basketball dribbling. You know what I mean? Yep, he's dribbling all over the place. She gets sad, and so she closes that cafe in the middle of the day while people are still eating inside. Yep, she just closes shop. She's just like, eh, fuck this. That's what it is to be a business owner. Life's you know? too short to care about this shit. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she closes up. And then we see Peyton in her room. She's, of course, she drew Jake and Jenny and is hanging up a picture of them while the lyrics of a yellow card song are playing in the background, but also simultaneously painted on her wall. Does it hurt when you think about me and how broken my heart is? I used to listen to that song all the fucking time and i would cry and i would write that lyric in my journal and i would think about a specific catfish of mine and i would wonder if it hurt when they thought about me and i'm pretty sure it didn't honey i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay that's how heartbreak works and catfishing you know yeah nevertheless um i like how on the nose that is and then brooke bursts in a ray of gorgeous sunshine i love her i've missed her and here we are ready for the bros over hoes no hang on is that what she says yeah it's not not bros over hoes she says hoes over bros reunion tour i wrote that down she definitely says hoes over bros not bros i know how you feel about the world i guess though hey alex has a video game date with one of his friends later so you know hey bros over wives apparently honey i asked you if it was okay i know i'm kidding i'm alex i'm kidding come on Oh, baby. I don't want you to treat me that No, way. one thing I want to point out, though, is that when Brooke shows up, Peyton says, doesn't anyone ring the doorbell in this town? Peyton, way too late to ask. It's been 20-something episodes. If you wanted to address this at some point, you should have sooner. That's all Couldn't I'm going to say about it. She also, like, locked the door at, like, any point in her Yeah, life. Peyton, stop tempting fate. Yeah, like, this isn't, like, some gated community with, like, 80-year-old ladies with arthritis. 
Lock your door. <laughs> it's the wild streets of Tree Hill. Well, as they start to leave, though, you see Peyton has something in her hand. She's thumbing a letter mm-hmm. that we assume is from Lucas. From last season, we mm-hmm. saw at the very last uh, scene of the episode, one of the final ones anyway, we panned over Peyton's door with a letter that said Peyton and Brooke on it. Yep, big that, bubble letters. That Lucas left for them. And it, we find out now that it's unopened. And yep. Brooke doesn't even know about it. Of course not. Sneaky bitch. <laughs> Um, so back to Nathan and Haley. Nathan shirtless with a Nathan nipple ring. shirtless many times this episode. I think Nathan is shirtless. We see that nipple ring again. That I nipple watch... ring is not gone anywhere. I guess it's still there. I wonder I know about it. if now Haley got a nipple ring too. I wonder if they got matching nipple rings as part of their wedding. What if she got like everything rings? Ooh, Haley, nice <laughs> going wild, girl. So apparently, while Haley was like in the bathroom or whatever, Nathan gets the or talk to Deb. Or got a phone call or, or a voicemail or whatever. Listen to the voicemail. Listen to the voicemail. Nathan listened to the voicemail and apparently found out that Dan is in the hospital. So Haley says, oh, I'll go with you. But you know what? Maybe we should wait to tell our parents that we got married because like there's a lot going on. And Nathan's all defiant. He's like, listen, I'm not going to hide you. I'm not going to hide our love. I'm going to rub it in their fucking faces or nothing at all. You are my wife. You are my life. That's right. <laughs> And from there, we actually go to Brooke and Peyton going to the docks. Mm -hmm. They're going down there. They see a boat that they're very interested in. They get on a boat, and they start to go away. They're going to have a nice afternoon on this boat. They are going to. Trivia question. Uh, I'm sure you already wrote it down. Go ahead. I have more I was going to say, but go ahead. Ask your question. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Ask your question. What is the name of the boat? Liquid Assets. (laughs) It's very good. Oh, okay. The way you hesitated made me think, did I get it wrong? Well, actually, I was trying to find my spot in the notes again because I couldn't remember if there was like a two after, like liquid assets two. No, it's definitely the number yeah. one. This is the, his number one liquid asset. That's right. Uh, this is Brooke's father's. So this is Brooke's father's boat. And Brooke is trying to convince Peyton when they're on the pier, oh, I'm going to take this boat out and it's going to be a bomb ass day. And Peyton's like, we've never gone on this boat. You don't know how to drive it. What the hell? And then Brooke goes, Peyton, we're hot and we are practically a beer commercial, so let's make it happen. And I note that because the day they have, which I will bring up later, feels very reminiscent of what straight men think girls do when they hang out together in every way. And so I'm just really, other than making out, which, spoiler alert, doesn't happen. Um, not in, the, not in, in this the episode. Scenes. <laughs> in the deleted maybe. scenes. Um, otherwise, though, I just, I wanted to make mention of that because... I feel like that's foreshadowing what's to come for the rest of the episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the episode. I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Um, so he's moving pretty quick here because now mm-hmm. it goes back to the hospital. We know that because there's a sign out front that says hospital. That's right. Trivia question. Yes. We go into the room, mm-hmm. okay, and there's a clock. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> what's the time on the clock? I, <laughs> One thirty in the afternoon. 10.32, as a matter of 10 fact. 10.32? Yeah, just a hair past 10.30, so I'm going to say 10.32. Oh, 10:32. my Lord, Alex. I don't know what to say other than Why you need to pay attention. Why is this how you are? Honey, you think eventually you would look for I clocks. I will never look for clocks. I don't care about clocks. Time is an illusion. The doctor says, you know, you called right away, <laughs> right? Which is interesting as a thing to say. I don't think he says that, does he? He did, actually. He said... You called right away, right? No, so, I thought she. He's sort of like, okay. I thought she said. She says the best you could. Yeah, because I think she was like, well, would it have made any kind of difference if he had been found sooner? And she goes, he goes, well, you know, it's always best to get him sooner. But you know, what were you gonna do? You, you called right away, right? You did your best. So. 
Well, yeah, that's what I said. No, but... I just didn't do it in the accent and all the rest of the <laughs> you, you made it sound like he came over to her and looked deeply in her eyes and said, you did call right away, right? You know? Well, whatever. <laughs> and then we actually see a flashback. What do we see in this flashback, honey? We see Deb replying. When Dan says to her, you better hope I die, she goes, <laughs> are you threatening me? And then it turns into her standing up, tossing the phone she was using to call the ambulance and says, you know what? You want to live? Call the ambulance yourself. You've been the assiest ass on the planet most of our married lives or whatever. And uh, then Dan basically passes out because he's having a fucking heart attack. And she's like, oh, shit, Dan, Dan. And then she calls. So it's like a 30 second delay. Yeah, so I mean, nothing would have happened. I mean, Deb, you're, you're fine, girl. Don't worry. Can we just stop and take a moment? I immediately thought of your sister here. Why? Because last season, oh. at the very end, she said, Dan did not say, you better hope I die. And I just want to bring it up to, to everybody, because I know that she listens to Anyone us. who questions us. I hope that she listened good <laughs> in this flashback, and she heard Dan say that. Well, and we just want to confirm also, we did watch this with the captions on. Hey, we can hear what he says. Uh, we can hear it, but we can also read it. <laughs> So. That, is, that is technically true. I do like I do like to watch with captions. We do that, and that sense. helps us remember. I mean, no, granted, we usually use clips anyway, but... Take that. Take that, sister. <laughs> sister, sister. Remember Tia and Tamara? Who? Tia and Tamara. Are those those two winter, sister, winter sister. fresh girls? No, the winter fresh... Doublemint. Yeah. Doublemint, babe. What, whatever. No, winter, I don't think Winterfresh had twins. That was only Doublemint. That makes sense. Double, double your pleasure. Double your fun. It's, it's gum. I mean, come on. Double, double your, your pleasure. pleasure. That's that's their that's where their song goes. Nice. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. That's the same of the great man in double gum. That's how it goes, Alex. I, I like it. Do you want it now? I mean, I kind of do. Damn. I got some five out in my isn't the five gum? I got take that five gum? Is it take five or is that a candy bar? Who knows? We're talking anyway. about gum too much. So we see Keith on the beach looking out pensively at the water. He has, he's deep, deep in thought. And Lucas comes up, Keith, who died? <laughs> What's that long face about, bro? Dan, he had a heart attack. <gasps> and then it kind of just... <laughs> when you made that, vo- that, all I saw was the meme of Pikachu with his open mouth. <laughs> with his little round mouth. I, I like it a lot. <laughs> anyway, I don't think anything else happens in that scene, though. Nothing happens. We just want to see Lucas is like, really? Mm-hmm. Yo, Keith? Lighten up, man. We're on the beach. <laughs> yes. Um, so then, after this, though, we go to Nathan and Haley. See, this this episode again. Jumping around. Nathan's looking for his t-shirt. And Have Haley, you seen my gray shirt? Where is it, bitch? Did you move my shit? <laughs> I haven't been married to you for a fucking day, and you got my shit all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not who Nathan is. Just kidding. But he does only wear one shirt, apparently. Haley finds the shirt. She grabs it and she has a flashback. Mm-hmm. She's making out with Nathan and she has hard nipples. <laughs> and they're staring at each other. And Nathan says, I could love you forever. Is this, is this a stamina thing? Or is he saying it emotionally? Oh, it's definitely an emotional statement. But it's probably also accurate stamina-wise. He's an athlete. It's basketball conditioning. Exactly. He's been conditioning for this. Nice. You're my family now. Okay, right? but this is when they're deciding. I don't want to skip ahead to this because I have things to say about this.
And then she says, you're embarrassing me. Stop. Which is exactly how I would respond. I remember you responding to Nathan saying, marry me with a very loud, why don't you ask? Oh, no, no. I meant if I were Haley in this situation. Oh, I see. And I were 16 and being asked to get married by someone who I knew for like three months. <laughs> you're embarrassing me. Stop it. But no, as me, as myself, a 33-year-old self-actualized woman, stop demanding people marry you men of One Tree Hill and fucking ask. Ask. Act as if they're doing you the favor of a lifetime, which they are. <laughs> Will you marry me? Will you make me the happiest man on earth? Whatever the fuck else you say, there needs to be a fucking question mark at the end of it. And not marry me, but will you? But Lena, you, you know, they're in high school. I don't care. <laughs> you got to have a good proposal. I don't care how old you are. No, that's actually what Haley says. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go on. We're in high school. <sighs> because... We're in high school. So what? I'm emancipated. Is this about sex? Because I want to wait? No, I can see you caving on that one already. <laughs> well, maybe so. <laughs> have you seen the, like this nipple ring? Have we seen these nips? I've, I'm going to drop this nipple ring in your mouth again and see what you have to say. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nathan's not feeling normal. He doesn't want to be normal. Okay. Because I'm me, I'm different. I just have a different constitution. I have a different brain. I have a different heart. I have a different, you know, I get tiger blood, man. <laughs> and Nathan says, I could love you forever. So why can't forever start today? Which I like that line. I'm sorry. I like it. I, okay. I like the line too. I know he has to say, please. No, will, no. Will but here's the question. Me? Here's the it. actual issue I have. I'm okay. To be clear, I actually love this storyline. So people don't hate me that I'm going to say all oh, what I'm going to say. For the rest of the episode, because I'm going to bitch about this the whole episode. I love that they got married. I love this storyline. However, Nathan saying, you're all I have. You're my only family, so marry me. Nathan, honey, like you're 16. You've lost your family because you emancipated. All you're trying to do is make up for your lost family right now by getting married. Like, you are not ready to get married. You just want someone to be there because you're fucking alone, you know? Like, this is not a situation that is at all healthy or good for a normal... Like, it's a TV show, and these are characters, so I can deal with it, and I love it. But my God, this is a train wreck. <laughs> there are red flags everywhere. And I'm just like, no. But on a TV show level, I'm like, hell yeah. So let's do it. You remember when we first got together, and I was like, hey, you should marry me. Or no, you said that to me. Excuse me? You did. Like, right when we first started talking, you said, hey, we should just get married already. <laughs> Why you, haven't we yet? Do you remember? I do. That was the first thing I ever said to Alex, actually. That was one of the first things. Yeah, I think it was like the second. It was the second thing I've said to Alex. Yep. Yep. It was pretty good. People don't need to know why. They probably already do. It's okay. Just, just let it be what you think it is. So then Keith and Lucas, they now, are now in an apartment, we believe. In an apartment, a condo. They're on like some kind of balcony. Some sort of balcony. Out. They're looking out at the water. Like, man, this is a killer fucking view, bro. We don't got views like this in Tree Hill. But we just, we saw liquid assets. That's quite a view. I mean, this is the thing we don't understand. Like the dock that They feature the beach all the time in Tree Hill. I don't understand. You know, it just occurred to me that there's literally a scene on the beach at night at the end of the episode. Yes. So in what world do they not have these views in Tree Hill? Although Alex pointed out, because I was bitching about this like a mad woman while we watched this, and Alex pointed out, well, Lena, maybe he doesn't have this view, like at his other apartment. Like maybe you're being judgmental for no reason. And well, I, said, I definitely Alex, thought, maybe I am. I definitely still stand by that. I think that's probably what he's meaning. Like he probably lived in a little shitty like apartment above a bar or something in Tree Hill. <laughs> 
probably that would be the most convenient place for Keith to live. But this is where Keith says, hey, look, I know that Dan is your birth father, okay? And it wouldn't be wrong to be concerned about him. To which Lucas says, is it wrong to hope he dies? That's something. That's some harsh shit, Luke. Well, find out more about that after this. Yeah, this this. is not the end of that conversation. We'll be coming right back to it later. It's not, because that's a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. to say. But next, we moved back to the hospital. Speaking of Dan, we go back to the hospital. And this is where we actually get a tidbit of information about what happened to Dan. We find out that he has a heart condition called MGM. No. Which is the name of a casino. It's 100% not what it's called. called? Are you serious? It turns out that Dan has a heart condition called HCM. (laughs) And it's genetic, which is an interesting thing to throw in. What are you laughing about? So that MGM was just a joke? That was a joke. (laughs) I made that joke out there earlier, but you didn't respond, so now I'm making it here. Oh. (laughs) But we find out it's a a genetic heart condition called HCM. And we actually see a flashback to Dan. Well, and they say, they do one thing they do say is that it's triggered, it can be triggered by high stress. Do they say that? Yes. High stress? And then immediately after saying it can be triggered by high stress, they flash back to a very stressful experience that Dan had shortly before his heart attack. Yeah, he's actually sitting in his car. We don't know this at the time because he's saying things like about how he's willing to change. Mm-hmm. I will do anything. And we find out he's sitting in a car and he is not talking to anybody. He's rehearsing. He's practicing a speech in the car that he's going to use to win Deb back. I'll do anything. I'll do everything to keep you in my life. I'm not proud of who I've been. But don't give up on I still love you. That was a pretty emotional thing for Dan. Like, this is a part of Dan that we haven't really seen. Absolutely. A sincere part. But then he gets out of his car and he walks inside. And he sees something that just makes his heart drop. We see his brother Keith balls deep inside of Deb. <laughs> Raw dog and Deb. Yep, that's right. No, actually, they're just asleep. But they're naked in each other's arms. So it's implied that the, the unprotected sex happened beforehand. I don't know why. I just assume it's unprotected. It's probably unprotected. There's no like dirty condoms or used condoms well, nearby. Oh, can you imagine that being featured in the, <laughs> just panning up from the filled and used condom on the ground over to think, Keith's sleeping face? Wouldn't it be something if they had like 10 or 11 of them sitting over there? God almighty. But I, I think that they were down on the floor doing their business. Oh, they definitely were. And there then was... they fell asleep like that. Absolutely. So nobody's throwing anything away. But yeah, Deanne is now like heartbroken. Yeah. And so this is kind of attributing to this high stress he's experiencing that caused the HCM to flare up or whatever to him walking in on this situation the night before. And this happened like the night before he signed those papers. So very fresh in his mind. And as we remember, he was, as he was signing the papers, is when he had the heart attack. So it's all very clearly connected. I mean, there's strong reason to suggest that um, everything is Deb's fault. Because for all men, women are the downfall, as we've learned. No, I don't subscribe to that. Are you sure? I am absolutely certain. But I understand Good. why others do think that. I do too. It's just proof is in the pudding, you know? <laughs> proof is in the hospital bills for Dan. You know? But now we see somebody else in the hospital. We see Whitey. We haven't talked about him yet, but Karen comes in to see him. And Whitey is pretending to be asleep it mm-hmm. turns out because when the nurse comes in she looks like death only uglier ouch out. that is quite a thing to say that is the meanest thing whitey ends up saying this to karen once he realizes that oh it's safe so he opens his eyes and uh tells her this and karen karen comes and sits down and she's all you know bumming around and stuff she says you know i closed the cafe for the day and whitey's like yo you must be pretty lonely at home 
And she's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, do you think that maybe Lucas wanted you to be uncomfortable so you can go out and find yourself in the world? And my answer is no, Whitey. He's a 16-year-old boy who cheated on his girlfriend and wants to escape responsibility. That's what happened. He's not thinking about his mother's personal growth or spiritual journey or anything like that. I'm sorry, but he's not. Maybe Lucas is more evolved than you give Lucas is not more evolved than anyone has ever thought. Lucas is fine. I'm not saying he's like the downfall of anything, but he is not thinking about this. (laughs) I agree with you on that. But then like Karen starts to talk about how, you know, she's thinking about taking some classes at the university. I can't remember what it was. Was it art classes? No, I think business. Was it business Mm -hmm. classes? Okay. And then suddenly Whitey just yells like, well, stop thinking about it and do it. Damn it. Nice. Which just made me laugh. That was a very good Whitey. Thank you. Take it from me. When you're my age, you don't want to be here. Tangled up in that road you never traveled. Make some time. Take a few chances. Very Jordan, nice. I gotta say, Whitey, he's out here dishing out some some life knowledge here. I like Absolutely, it. I like it too. I like it. Thanks, Whitey. I like it a lot. What can I say? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. Speaking of life knowledge, Brooke and Peyton are laying on a boat. <laughs> That's true. They're getting a tan. <laughs> They're getting a tan. Their little bellies are exposed. Both of them are still wearing shoes for some reason, which I find offensive. I remember you bringing that up before. I, I will never forget. They are talking about plans for the day, and Peyton ends up saying, you know, it's okay to miss him. And Brooke's like, miss who? Okay, well, here's a question. Yeah. Because you didn't mention it, I'm going to use it as a trivia. All right. Brooke mentions three things that she wants to get after the boat. Facial, lingerie, and ice cream. Damn. Honey. I know. I know this woman. Is that what you These want? are the only things that, <laughs> well, these are the only things that Brooke ever brings up as potential things to do with her friends. We could get a facial. We could look at lingerie. We, well, she, I don't think she ever normally talks about ice cream because she always talks about being fat. But she brings up getting, going to like the spa and getting lingerie like at every chance she gets because this is her whole personality at this point in the show. I love Brooke. I'm just, as everybody knows, I'm just Honey, that was, that was very good. But yeah. you're right. Let's go on. Luke talking about, you know, it's okay to miss Lucas. It's okay to miss him. And she's like, well, miss who? And she's like, Lucas. And here's my question. How could they miss him? He just fucking left. It's been, what, like 12 hours? Yeah. It's like like they on. normally, how often has she even talked to Lucas in recent time? Maybe just knowing. Just knowing he's, he's gone. He is like a county away or two counties away or something like <laughs> i think he's like two hours away but yeah whatever how many yeah. counties is that two hours how many counties is at least is a couple i don't know at least a few whatever. i don't know she's like hey i can't just like walk down the street and like look into his bedroom you know <laughs> brooke you shouldn't be doing that anyway darling um but no is she i just think it's kind of funny because like we're acting on this show like this is like a huge deal that lucas left and like he's literally been gone for like 20 minutes so whatever um, I think Peyton doesn't she mention here that she's like missing Jake? Oh also? yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah she does. Because I have I have very limited notes because the last part of my notes is Brooke flashes some sausages boating by, <laughs> which are definitely just like some frat boys or something that are just like boating around on the lake. Yeah. So how this how this scene ends? So she she does ask about about Jake. Or, or she says something about missing Jake or whatever. And Brooke's like, yeah, well, you know, I was secretly rooting for you and Jake to work it out because, you know, I don't want to sleep with Jake. And they all laugh and it's like a giggly fest. And then these sausages fly by on a boat. That's right. <laughs> these sausages. Um, and they're like hooting and hollering and shit like animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like, probably don't do that. <laughs> they're, they're just being like very base level male. Yep, and Brooke's right. like, well. And so she like sits up, flashes, and goes, boys are so easy. 
anyway, what are we going to do now? And then they're like, well, let's take off our clothing and swim together. Okay. <laughs> and then they take off their clothes and jump into the water. And then they splash, like, and frolic and splash relentlessly. Because, again, this is what straight men think women do when they hang out alone. You mean you don't do that? I mean, I do it. But, you know, <laughs> just a little bit less giggling, a little bit more nipple play. That's all I'm saying. Lena, it's interesting. Anyway. <laughs> No, I just like, I always think it's very obvious, like, when, like, this is clearly not how women are. Or, I mean, girls could do this, but it's just like all they have them do is, like, we can get lingerie and facials and we can swim in the water and touch each other. Like, it's just. Yeah, you don't think there's any women consulted and coming up with those lines? No, I mean, they also, like, all they do is talk about the boys. Like, all they, like, they come on. Like, what are these girls' friends about? I don't know. I just think it's annoying. But I actually don't know why I'm complaining about this so much because I really do like this episode. So. Anyway. Well, anyway, we go back to Keith and Lucas at the apartment. <laughs> yes. Okay. And it's here that we find, like, Lucas starts talking about, well, hey, we have to go back, right? Which is kind of crazy for Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, Keith says, like, hey, like, my future is here now, okay? Lucas says he doesn't want to go back, but it doesn't feel right being here. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Okay. Why does he want to go back to Tree Hill? Probably because he's afraid of change, and this is a good excuse. That's a good point. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty succinct. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me why the abandoned son and the disgraced brother would think they need to go back. But here's the thing. I understand if they want to go drive back to check in. Sure. Why would they need to move back? So it occurs to me that this entire time I've been thinking that he is using Dan as the reason to go back because he wants to check on him. But it occurs to me that it's probably nothing to do with Dan. Uh Uh-huh. Damn. That's very good, honey. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, I didn't... See, like I, I had no no thoughts about this when I watched this. I was really? Like, That's kind of a weird thing to want to go back for. Well, I think it's just like this is the opening opportunity. This is a sign. You know, oh, something went really wrong in our personal lives while the, in the 12 hours or whatever that we've been gone. Not even because I think they left that morning, right, after saying goodbye to Haley. So the three and a half hours they've been gone or whatever, I think they – something big happens and i think i could see people taking this as like a sign of like oh shit maybe we're not supposed to be gone like i don't think either of these men are those types of people though like i'm that type of person but i don't think they are so i could see why this might freak them out but again i still don't understand the debate of we should move back we should cancel all of the plans cancel the job that keith was offered yeah. like that he's already taken and accepted and like the apartment he already surely has a deposit on like i don't understand why Dan surviving a heart attack would make them think we need to move back. It, like Keith doesn't have a job in Tree Hill anymore. If nothing else, what is he going to do with himself? I mean, I know I remember what happened, so I'm... But still, it's like... And it's at this point that Keith says, hey, let's make a list for, for staying and for going. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes out is Dan, which goes on the list for stay. Because who the fuck wants to go out or go back for Dan, right? Yeah. And... Dan's an ass. Good. Screwed up with Brooke and Peyton. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where Lucas, he mentions a letter that he wrote for them because he didn't actually say goodbye to them. And didn't even say goodbye. Just left him a crummy letter. Yeah, I said, hey, like, dear penthouse, hope to see you both soon. <laughs> God. Just kidding. <laughs> but then it actually flashes over to Brooke, who mentions Lucas to Peyton. Yeah, this is a very nice little transition between two very, it's a very obvious transition. Here. Yeah, because he mentions a letter and now mm-hmm. here we are. We're on liquid assets looking at these two ladies. They're all wet but they have clothing on. That's right. And Peyton and Brooke are talking about it on the boat about, you know, I've been thinking about Lucas, Brooke says, and He didn't even say goodbye. I've been thinking about Lucas. 
It's not that he left. It's kind of how he left. Just can't believe he didn't say goodbye. Brooke, there's something I need to show you. It was taped to my front door yesterday. This is from Lucas. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have hid it from you. But you did. I've been carrying around the fact that he left without a word, and you've had the words the whole time and didn't tell me? I was going to. When? After you read it no, first? No, I wouldn't do that, I promise. Whatever, Peyton, we should head back. Once again, the two friends are finding a little separation. Splintered friendship. But now we see Nathan and Haley. They show up at the hospital. Trivia question. Mm-hmm. Dan is in an ICU room, okay? What is the room number? One, two, three. 741, actually. <laughs> I had no idea. That was very... I mean, that wasn't close. But I said it with confidence, that was, though. That was good. That was yeah. confidence. Yeah, it was there. very confident. <laughs> but they get to the hospital, and then this is where we actually see a flashback, and we get to see Haley's parents for the first time. Oh, God. Nathan brings himself inside of Haley's house when she <laughs> offers him to come in. I started this sentence off. Yeah, that was an interesting wording. But, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where she's going to talk to her parents. Haley's like, if my parents say yes, I'm going to marry you, Mr. Scott. And then they walk to the kitchen. And what happens next, Alex? Well, we meet Marion, a family friend that we never see again. Mm-hmm. And she's unimportant, obviously. We all know that. She's a high-personality black character, which are the only black characters we get because they only exist in this show to support the white cast. I like Marion. I like Marion, too, but this is the only time we ever see her. But it's no. the only time we ever see her, Alex, and that is. is the case with every black character on this show. Yeah. We see them very briefly. They have great personalities. They're wonderful on screen. And then they disappear forever, but exist solely to support the white characters in that scene. I'm yep. just saying. I will say I am happy when Skills comes around yes, later on. Yes, I am too. Very happy about But skills. I wish she wasn't the only one. <laughs> I do too. Anyway, it's, I love Marion. She's a great little introduction to the scene. She's good energy. Well, we have her mom, Lydia. She walks in, and you know she's throwing lobs out at Nathan. Hey, did you come through Haley's window, or did you use our front door this time? <laughs> oh, very nice. Way yeah. to go, Lydia. And Haley says, "Hey, like, hey, I've got to talk to you. I've got to." And this, you know, her parents, classic Haley's parents. Like, what are you pregnant? Stop. You know that Haley's a virgin, Marion. And it's a damn shame if you ask me. And she's eyeing Nathan up and down like the piece of meat he is. <laughs> sausage party you bet and uh oh and of course Haley's like oh my god mom this is so embarrassing but i think this whole scene serves to emphasize how fucking cool and chill and like fun Haley's parents are they're like hippies and they're a good time and there are no rules in this house i'm not like a regular mom i'm a cool mom <laughs> you know they don't take life too seriously they live on the edge whatever yeah. so Haley's like can we please talk like it's really important we need to talk to you so Lydia, Haley's mom, pops open the kitchen window and screams out the window, Jimmy, come inside. Haley's pregnant. That's a, a way to do her voice. <laughs> Very good. Well, did I leave anything out? You didn't leave anything out because like, it actually cuts from here and it goes back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And we see Nathan walking in the room. And Nathan asks the doctor, I think, right, mm -hmm. if Dan is going to die. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, no, right? But, the, like, the, his mom is in the hospital. I don't remember if or, they actually uh, answer or if they said, well, you should talk to your mom. She's in the chapel. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they even answer, though, if because he says he's going to die. I think they're just like, well, go to your mom in the chapel. Who even are you, kid? 
Like, did, yeah. does he even say that, like, he was my dad? But, like, that's very quick. Because, mm-hmm. like, from there, we know that Deb's in the chapel. We'll see her in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we go back to Keith and Lucas. I mean, they're trying to do their little uh, pros and cons list still, okay? We've got things for, like, why am I going to stay here in mm-hmm. this new city? Dan, Brooke, Peyton, the auto shop, fresh start, killer view. New job. Karen, okay? Now, the reasons to go back. What are the reasons to go back? I know at least one of them was Nathan. Nathan? And Keith was proud of Lucas for getting to know Nathan, which I thought was mm-hmm. really nice. That is really nice. I like Keith. What can I say? Keith's I'm a just, good guy. I'm just here again. I'm like, get your backpack on, guy. Let's go. <laughs> and I don't remember there being anything else on that list because I think that's the very first mm-hmm. thing that comes up because they do everything that they want to stay here for. Mm-hmm. And then the very first thing that comes up to go back is Nathan. Yeah. Which I like. I like it too. Um, and I mean, it's very clear from this conversation. Lucas is basically like, I think we need to go home. Like, we shouldn't be here. We need to go home. And Keith's like, listen, I don't think I can. I am too ashamed to go back because I did some shitty stuff. Yeah. And this is where he's thinking. Did you cut me on the counter? Wasn't me. Not relevant, but I just, I feel like that song fits and it doesn't, but whatever. Go on. Well, no, but like you're, you're right about this. So, and that's, that's kind of a weird cut for me. The way they, I know that we want to see Lucas saying like, I want to go back for Nathan. So he Mm -hmm. has like, I want to be there for Nathan. Because it's cutting back and forth between him and Nathan in the hospital. Because right now it goes mm-hmm. right back to Nathan yeah. walking into the chapel. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of a weird kind of a weird cut that they didn't have to do, but they did. Whatever. Well, I mean, I think it works with what ends up happening in this scene. Oh. Well, anyway. Nathan walks into the chapel. He sees his mom. Deb's over there. And they start talking about, like, hey, what happened here? You know? And Deb says, like, hey, I found Dan on the floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about how Nathan got his tonsils out. Like, do you remember that? Like, I came to this chapel and I had a feeling that something was going to go wrong and I was going to lose Nathan. But this is where Haley, like, like everybody's trying to comfort her and trying to understand what is happening here. Yeah, Deb is really upset, and I think she's kind of implying that like this is her fault that she didn't, and because because I think Nathan's like, well, mom, this isn't your fault. Like, it's okay. And um. So he's like, he, he's like holding her hand, I think. And like, mom, it's going to be all right. And Haley's like, yeah, it, it's going to be okay, Mrs. Scott. She says that. And then she reaches her hand and takes her shoulder and says, it is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And she like rubs her shoulder with her hand. But Deb notices something, mm-hmm. something shiny. What is it? Well, she reaches up and holds Haley's hand for comfort. Is that what it is? Yes. And okay. she feels on that a little wedding band. Interesting. And this is where her eyes dart down to Nathan and sees his. Hmm. What? Nathan says, we got married. This is where Deb starts to fucking lose it. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end for Deb. Let's she, just put it that way. She starts to just laugh. Mm-hmm. Maniacally. <laughs> she must be losing her mind. Well, in fairness, yes. I mean, who wouldn't in this case? I, I agree with that, yeah. honestly. And then Nathan says, like, hey, well, like, we're going to tell dad when he's well. When he's well. Like, your father is unconscious. Now you're telling me you got married? What a joke. And Haley's like, Mrs. Scott, I love your son very much. Shut up, Haley. You did this to your father, she says to Nathan. Okay. And Haley starts to start But Mrs. To Scott, to Mrs. Scott, you have to understand. Shut your selfish little mouth. Shut that little whore slut mouth. Shut the fuck up, you cunt! <laughs> So yeah, it's not good. <laughs> no, like Deb is obviously not into Haley in this moment. I think she loved Haley, but yeah. she hates the situation. She's very fucking angry. And she said, you know what? You walked away and you helped him do it. You are both to blame for why Dan 
is going to fucking die. So she walks out. She's fuming. She's very upset. She steps right out and immediately starts sobbing in the hallway, breaking down. Meanwhile, Miss Karen Rowe is leaving Whitey's room, comes by, sees Deb. Oh, my God, Deb, what happened? He's going to die. He's going to die. She says, who's going to die? Dan. You should communicate that face, probably. And then she looked <laughs> on like... What? Pikachu face. Yeah, I don't know how to communicate like emotions <laughs> and faces on. You got to do that for me, okay? But yeah, she looks like holy shit. Hold oh, damn. Yeah. Dan. So we transfer from here to Karen and Deb sitting at the cafe, the closed cafe, remember? That's right. And Karen and they're discussing what happened. Every they're, they're dissecting everything that has happened. Karen is shocked that Haley and Nathan got married. That is not the Haley James I know. And Deb's like, uh, yeah, I mean, how is it possible they even could get married? And that, my friends, is a segue back to the James household. That's right. And we see Haley's dad walks in. And who is it? Extra, extra, read all about it. It's Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Woo! Is the news his band? Yes. Well, it's just Huey Lewis, then, I guess. It's Huey Lewis Whatever. of the news. That's right. <laughs> Anyway. Yep. Huey Lewis, what are you doing here, man? Yeah, what's up, bro? Welcome. So once Jimmy is inside, Jimmy and Lydia are kind of like side-eyeing Haley and sort of giggling at her having something serious to talk about. She's like, listen, parents, I have something really serious to talk to you about. And Nathan's like, Mr. and Mrs. James, you know, you know, I really love and respect both of you. And you know, I'm emancipated. And then Jimmy, Huey Lewis is like, you know, l- 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 let me stop you right there, Nathan. I just realized we could play this clip. We could, but who cares? <laughs> let me stop you right there, Nathan. We uh, we can't adopt you because if we do, you're going to have to stop making out with Haley, at least in public. <laughs> and he and Lydia are fucking killed over laughing. Haley is like, hey, can you guys be serious for one moment in my entire life? And they both zip it like, real serious. fast. Like, seriously. And so I think Nathan resumes and he says... I'd like to marry your daughter. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Dad. Mom. I will discuss this with your father. You will? If this is what you want. And so all I'm pretty sure all that happens is Lydia goes, I will discuss this with your father if this is what you want. And she's like, yeah, I do. And they're like, all right, well, we will. We will discuss it then. And I am blown the fuck away by this. Let me tell you something. There's some kind of bond that a daughter and a mother have. They don't need to speak about such things. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay, so it is insane enough that we obviously know they're going to end up agreeing. I mean, we have more to see still of this scene, which is its own problem. But it's, it's obviously they are going to agree to them get married. Sure. But this is the only... The only way Nathan and Haley are trying to convince them is saying, I'd like to marry your daughter. And that is all that happens. There's no further discussion. There's no like, what, what, why? Like, how did this happen? How did we get here? What is the rush? You've been dating four months at most. There's no, there's no discussion. It's just, oh, this 16 year old expresses he wants to marry our 16 year old. So we'll really seriously consider it now. Like, I don't understand this. And like, it's bad enough that they're going to agree. Again, you guys, I like this storyline, like relax. But I just don't understand 
what's going through their heads that they're like, oh, okay, this is like a serious thing to talk about. I don't know, honey. If our daughter comes to us and says, like, I want to marry this guy that I've been dating for like three months or whatever, we're going to be like, okay, marry would, him when you get older. I like, would absolutely like disagree with that. I would say no. Nobody is good enough for my Well, don't give away our baby name. I would say no. I'm not pregnant, FYI. <laughs> I would say no. Absolutely not. Nobody is good enough for my daughter. I would prevent her from dating Especially anybody. him. Let's tear him down publicly. Yeah. And then we would. We It'd would. be great. Facebook and shit. <laughs> I meant just like in front of her, just oh. viciously. We would pick <laughs> yeah. out a picture of him and like circle his body parts just like they do in sorority initiation and talk about all the things that are wrong with him. I've never heard of that. That's well, it's a really cruel thing people like really do in sorority terrible. initiation, at least in television. That's what they do. Anyway, I just think it's insane that there's no more convincing needed. I like. I think it's insane. Nevertheless, that is the, that is their conversation proposing that they get married to the parents. That is it. We will return to them and we'll hear their discussion in a little bit. Any thoughts that you want to add about that? Because I know I just ranted about, about it. No, bit. I mean, like you hit it on the head. I mean, I, I don't understand like them. Like I'd be very interested to find out like how would my parents react if I said, "Hey, I want to marry this girl," and like, "Oh, really? Like, like you you guys are that that strong together?" And in a couple of years, maybe you know, no, I want to marry them tonight. Right. To, yes, because that's another point. I want to marry them right now. Yeah. Today, it's not. It's not. Oh, I want to marry them and like let's have a wedding and plan a thing. I need to marry them immediately. Because honestly, why couldn't they have just gotten engaged? If they wanted, if they were that serious. Ever heard of a promise ring? I know you have. It's North Carolina. Why did they just do a promise ring situation? Why did they get married? Why did they get married this quickly? I don't understand this from a parental perspective. I cannot, I understand it from a teenage perspective. A hundred percent. Teenagers, this is the shit teenagers would do. If teenagers could just get married on, like because they feel like it, they absolutely would be doing it. No questions asked. This is completely realistic on that level. It, it makes no sense that any parents would ever do this. <laughs> like, Ever. My mother wouldn't even let me stay out past like nine. There's no way she was going to let me get married when I was 16. Come on. That's just because your parents weren't cool like the James. That's true. These are really cool parents. They are. I mean, one of them is Huey Lewis. Come on. I mean, come on. What's cooler than maybe that? They, maybe that's why they cast Huey Lewis. So this would be believable as a cool parent. Yeah. You know, although, well, we'll get to that scene in They're a not bit. just a couple of squares. They're although not. Although I hear it's kind of hip. <laughs> it is hip to be square. Um, now we go back to Brooke and Peyton. They're talking about that damn letter. Mm -hmm. Why did you hide it? Well, you know what, Brooke? It's because we were having fun again. I was afraid that this letter would come between us. Boys ruin everything. They do, and they start talking about old memories. Remember when we used to get up every Tuesday morning and ride our bikes to the mall? So you could buy some stupid CD. Yeah, and you could buy makeup your mom wouldn't let you wear. We'd spend half the day in my bedroom just listening to music and putting on awful eyeshadow, and that was just the Tuesdays. We used to do a lot of really great stuff until guys got in the way. Every day they did something great together, and then guys got in the way, they stopped being friends, and everything was terrible again. I completely understand Peyton on this. Like, I understand why she would be... A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not understanding why she wouldn't have opened it. I would have opened the fuck out of that. Oh, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have? Oh, fuck no. If it's a, 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 okay, I wouldn't have done that anyway. If, it, if, if, if there was no weirdness between me and my friend and this was just like a mutual friend that left and it said it was addressed to both of us, I would not open it without my friend. I still wouldn't do that. But when you add this dynamic, I especially would not open it. I think I probably would have immediately told somebody, but I understand why she didn't. And the thing is, I get why Brooke is upset because Brooke is 
sensitive because of the issue with Peyton and Lucas. But also, like, Brooke, calm down. Like, it's not been very long. She hasn't read it. She's been holding on to it. She brought it up to you. It's not like she didn't want to tell you. Like, I, they're both – I mean, I think Brooke is just being way too sensitive here. Even though I understand it, I think Peyton is – it's completely understandable why she did this. Well, you know what? It occurs to me that I wasn't thinking about the fact that it was addressed to both of them. Yeah. Because if it was just addressed to me, I'd open the fuck out of it. Well, of course. But, but then yeah, you probably wouldn't even bring it up either because if she's saying she's hurt that bro- that Lucas didn't leave her a letter, she's not going to bring up that she br- like he left her one, you know? Right. So, yeah. Anyway, they, they do ultimately forgive each- or Brooke ultimately forgives Peyton and they kind of just roam away happy. Yeah, they start laughing and just like giggling and, and tickling each other and stuff, you know? Yeah, pillows come out. <laughs> Feathers, Feathers are everywhere. Yep. yep. Booty right. shorts, you know, the whole deal. You're with Josh last weekend. Oh my God. Speaking of booty shorts, Haley walks into the cafe. <laughs> cafe is closed and like closed in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Karen and come hey, in, Mrs. Mrs. Scott. Scott. Yes. <laughs> and then Haley's got that big smile on her face, like, oh, I wanted to invite you. I'm sorry it was so last minute. Why was it last minute, Haley? It could have waited. That's all I have to say. You can at least wait for like a summer month to where you can invite people. Right. Okay. I don't understand. Like, why was it done this way? I don't understand. I used to think it was so romantic, and I still think it is kind of, but I just don't understand. Anyway. Honey, their love couldn't wait. That's why their love was too strong to wait. Well, speaking of their love, Karen, basically, Haley is like, are you disappointed in me? Because Karen is kind of implying, like, wow, this was really out of character for you. Because Haley says, like, you know, like, I thought that, like, Deb really liked me. Mm-hmm. And, like, why did – she doesn't know why Deb freaked out. Yeah, this she doesn't where, get it. This is where Karen comes in. Yeah. yeah. And Karen is like, well, she liked you when you were his girlfriend. Now you're married. Like, that's a very, very different thing. Haley, it doesn't matter how I feel. It matters to me. Haley, I know that you and Nathan are in love. And you know that I was also in love in high school. Sometimes love fades. And I just hope with all my heart that it doesn't fade for you. So Karen says all this and Haley is concerned. You could tell she's like a little bit concerned. And I I like that Karen is at least saying these things because like, holy shit, somebody needs to. Um, And one thing that I was thinking is during this scene or during this entire situation, do you think Karen is like secretly like really judging Haley's parents? Because she probably, she must know them. You know, if she's known Haley since Haley was like eight years old, she's got to know the James, Jameses, you know? So I just wonder if she's sitting there like, what the fuck were they thinking? Because she knows it's the only way that Haley would have been able to get married. Did that even enter anybody's mind? Because honestly, I didn't even think about her parents besides the scenes they were in. But I think that if you were a parent of a 16-year-old and you know that they don't have any rights, you know, like, like yeah. we're not thinking about it because we're not in that situation. But like Karen is a parent of a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, you know? And she she would never she knows that Lucas can't just go off and get married without her permission. You I was, know, I don't know. Like when I think about like I would imagine maybe she was thinking about her parents. Like, what the fuck were they doing? But I would imagine from Karen's perspective, I don't know. It just it seemed to me like she was kind of like lost in a memory of when she was in love in high school and how it backfired for her. Well, I don't mean she was it literally in this scene actively thinking about the parents. I mean, the whole situation. No, yeah, she probably is. Was. She do you think she's secretly judging them? Like, oh, my God those fucking Jameses, you know? Probably. What is wrong with them? They're always, like, so irresponsible. Like, such shit-ass parents. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's what I would be thinking. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Now we go back to Haley's better half. 
sitting on a park bench outside of Karen's cafe when he receives a telephone call. Mr. Lucas. And this is, well, Lucas says, hey, look, it's been a crazy 48 hours, man. And, and I wanted to call in, like, to say I'm here for you because of Dan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here for you. And for you and Haley. And to call if you need anything. And this is where Lucas, he asks what everybody's thinking. What is going on with this marriage thing? How did this even happen? And cue another flashback. Huey Lewis, baby, that's how. That's right. They're discussing the marriage. Mm -hmm. Lydia, apparently, she must not have needed very much convincing. It almost seems like to me, when we see them discussing her getting married, she went into that discussion already being completely for it. Oh, 100%. Like, she was for it in the kitchen. I will discuss this with your father, a.k.a. I'm going to convince him. So don't you worry about a thing. A.k.a. girl, I got you. I got you, girl. Yeah. So the first line, I think, is Huey going like, how could you even be considering this? And she's like, you know our daughter, Jimmy. She has never done a hasty thing in her life. And I'm like, she's literally a child. That's why. What has she had the opportunity to do? Like not use the kickstand on her bike? I mean, I'm just saying, like, she's an actual child. Like, what? She's never done a hasty thing in her life. What? She, like, saves her tips and doesn't immediately spend them on makeup? I don't, like, what, like, what has she done that's so impressive? She's a kid, you know? Like, great. She's a responsible kid that gets great great grades. She did cheat on a math quiz once. They you even, should know. Do they know about that? No. It might have changed everything. Who knows? That was the one impetuous thing that Haley's done. It certainly was. I just... What a ridiculous statement to make. I get that she's like responsible and great and whatever. I just think it's absurd. Anyway, so Lydia is like actively encouraging all of this. She even says like, what happens if we say no? She could drop out of high school. She could get pregnant. Then she starts to smoke crack in a gutter. And she's a prostitute on the streets to, to make money. And here's the thing I don't understand. All of that can happen even if she gets married. It's actually more likely to happen if she gets married. Because she's not marrying somebody who has any kinds of means. He works at a hot pretzel stand. Hot and twisted, baby. Hot and twisted is what Haley's going to be on the street selling herself to make up for Nathan wanting to play in the NBA and his crushed dreams. I'm just saying, like, this isn't going to go well. I mean, listen, I love Haley and Nathan, I'm just saying. But then Lydia brings up, you know what? My parents actually forbid me to marry you. Why? That just made me want to marry you harder. Well, and yeah, he's like, well, why? Why didn't they want that? Well, they said I was too young. You were probably still of age. I'm just saying, unless they got married as teenagers. Now, if they had gotten married as teenagers, I could see if they might be like, well, well this would be okay. But maybe they should have done that in the storyline because it maybe be more believable i remember watching this as a teenager though and being like oh they're so cool like (laughs) this is amazing like wow they're like really they're really like progressive these are the kind of parents i want i thought this was progressive now i feel the exact 100 percent opposite because i understand feminism now and it bothers me on a feminist level that they're like letting their little daughter just like marry this fucking guy. And I'm like, I'm so happy it happens on the show. But my God, it's insane. Anyway, I guess all Huey needed to be convinced was for Lydia to be like, you know, I love you and I married you. And remember how great that was? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, she mentions that Lydia does about her parents. She loved them less for not seeing what I saw in you. Which is an interesting thing. To all say. I wrote was, Good God, this is insane. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but now we go to Brooke and Peyton. And mm-hmm. They're sitting by a fire. Brooke says, You know what? I am done with boyfriends for a while. Hooking up with boys is so much easier. Oh, that's not true. 
I'm just going to make sure everyone knows that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm married to you now, honey. Nothing to worry about. Oh, okay. Well. And Peyton says, you know what? I don't even want to read this fucking letter. Brooke says, are you sure? And Peyton says one of my favorite lines. What does she say? She says, aren't you tired of measuring yourself by what guys think? I love it. It's a good line. I like it because... I like the way she's saying, aren't you tired of measuring yourself by like other people's validation of you? That's a very mature thought, I think, for like a high schooler. So I really like that that line is there. Um, anyway, Brooke is like, you know what? I don't need any more convincing. And she takes that fire, that letter and she throws it in the fire. Hose over bros. And I love it. That's right. And now we go back to Keith, who's in what appears to be like a little garage. But we quickly we realize like, hey, this is his future classroom. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Mr. Scott, written on the whiteboard. And he's pondering the last conversation that he had with Dan. Mm-hmm. Okay, where Dan said, hey, you are not my brother. Right before he puts his entire fist through his window mm-hmm. of his SUV. Yeah. And then Lucas walks in. Oh, you know, I thought I'd find you here. Because where else is there to go in a brand new city full of places you've never seen? I can't believe Lucas would even know where this was. Uh, this is before smartphones and like having like do you maybe he asked around where the high school was or, or whatever I don't know yeah was, but still is this just, even a high school it's some sort of like vocational school attached okay, that, to a high school sense. or something I think yeah okay. I mean it is affiliated with a high school though um, Lucas shows up and he's like what are you thinking what do you want to do and Keith's like listen if we leave this place today we may never come back and what's the voice in your heart say hey, Luke you know that's not fair I mean, you know Dan's a, he, he's a bad guy. You, you said it yourself, you hoped that he would die. I said that for you. I know how bad you want this. Yeah, yeah, I do want this, don't you? Yeah, I do, but it's... But what? Why should we have to give it up? I mean, he was never a father to you. He, he leaves your mom when she's pregnant. He rides Nathan until he cracks under the strain. Whitey, Deb, every single life that he touches is worse because of it. See, now here's the thing. I can understand them feeling like, okay, well, maybe this wasn't the right move for us. They just feel so uncomfortable being in the new place to Mm -hmm. want to go back. All right. But they're using Dan as kind of like a little scapegoat for like, okay, well, actually, this is a good Mm -hmm. chance. Let's just go back. But it's when Keith says this, that it's almost like they're going back because of Dan. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Okay. So Keith says, give me one reason I should go back. And Lucas says, because he's your brother. And that is where I think you're saying that. So, okay. So here's the thing. I, I think... Lucas is 100% going back because of himself and he's using Dan as an excuse. I think Keith is using Dan. I think for Keith, Dan is the actual reason probably because for Keith, Keith has been planning this move. I mean, he interviewed, he got his his apartment. Lucas just randomly jumped into this. Like he was not going to go up until like a couple days ago, you know? So for Lucas, he's like barely invested in this anyway. So he could jump ship anytime. But Keith is invested in this. However, something that just occurred to me is that Keith would probably not normally want to go back because of Dan, but he has the guilt of having slept with Deb. So he probably feels like I owe it to Dan to show him that I care about him. Like he probably feels on some level he has to make up for having done that by proving his loyalty to Dan, to be there to support him when he's he's fallen ill. Do you know what I mean? Like I can actually kind of see it from Keith's perspective. I still don't understand why they have to move back though. Yeah, I don't know. That, the move back is what I don't understand. I understand if Lucas has changed his mind, he has cold feet, whatever, he wants to head back. Sees it as a sign, whatever. See, Lucas, it makes absolute sense because, I mean, he's still in, like, fucking high school. Yeah, he doesn't have any real stake like in a, this game. A junior in high school or sophomore, yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, this know. is, like, a huge deal for Keith to give up on this. This is his entire possible life changing. I mean, he went through a lot to make this happen. Well, from here, we actually go to 
Haley in her room, packing a duffel the Jake Jagowski way. <laughs> because she grabs the bare minimums, whatever that may be, fits it into a duffel bag and says, okay, I'm ready for the road. 100%. I think it's very funny. She's moving out of her parents' house and like... She has like a literal, like a duffel bag and that's it. I mean, to be fair, she could probably just be like, well, I'm obviously not going to live here anymore. So she just takes like clothes that she needs and then she'll move and, and process. Well, sure. Of course. I just think it's funny. I like to think that she's got everything she needs and she's just going to forgo the rest of these yeah. possessions. That's well, what I'd like to hope. Happens. I like to think of that too. Uh, but then she brings her stuff back to the apartment where she's now living with Nathan. Because this is like a little flashback scene that, or not a flashback scene, but like a, a cut scene that one tree hill loves to do because mm-hmm. we're cutting through a bunch of different things because you're right Haley gets that duffel and goes but then we see karen at the hospital really quick she comes in and she says i, I need to see dan scott well he's in the icu and that's for immediate family only he's the father of my son <laughs> and that's where we leave that so karen is putting it out there everybody knows that dan is lucas's dad mm-hmm. but karen is saying to the world Dan Scott. It's interesting because it kind of mirrors the situation with um, when Dan brought Lucas into the hospital and is like, he's, I'm his father or whatever. He's my son, I think. Yeah, said. yeah. That's very good, honey. I, I forgot about that. Did you? That's very good. Honey. Well, I mean, I remember that happened, but I never, I didn't think about that. Well. It's very good. But then we actually also cut to Whitey's room. Did we forget about Whitey? Totally. Well, don't. Because you know what? There's a tumor in his brain. And they're going to go in because it's pressing on some shit. It's pressing on your brain, bro. And we're going to go in and we're going to try to get it. So now we're on the edge of our seat saying, oh, God, what's Whitey? Whitey, what's up, bro? Not Whitey. And Anyone else. It cuts from there. Because who cares? Just a tumor in the brain. <laughs> and we see Haley crying on the floor in front of like a little coffee table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Haley is alphabetizing the CDs at the apartment. And she has her ring off. She is crying. And Nathan walks in. And he's like, Haley, what's wrong? What's happening here? And she's like, you know, we have no doubles of our CDs. And he's like, uh, so? And she's like, we aren't ready for this. I've got Natalie Merchant here, okay? And I've got the Wu-Tang Clan Right next to Winona Ryder's solo hit. I don't know any who these people are. See, I think it's interesting, though, because in this scene, we find out that Haley listens to Wu-Tang Clan. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that is interesting. And also that that uh, Nathan listens to Natalie Merchant. I wouldn't expect that. I'm bound to thank you for it. Because it was next to, next to Nas, right? Mm-hmm. I think she said the, she the word. She Nas. Whatever yep. that means. I know the, the energy drink. The uh, rapper. I don't listen to rap music. I don't either, but I know who Nas is. No rubbers, going raw, imagine law with no undercovers. Well, excuse me. Forgive me, audience. I'm, I'm not ready for this. I just, I just really want to go home to my room. No, I'm not a wife. I'm not even a senior. Haley, Haley, listen, this is not a mistake. How can you be sure? Because there is nobody that thinks this thing can work. I do. Forgive me. Well, I like that they, he says... I do, and I feel like they use that to transition to their wedding day, right? They do, because now you actually see them getting married. Mm-hmm. You see Haley's parents, not Nathan's, and... And they are happy about what they're seeing. They are. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, they're getting married during the daytime. Haley's got a big smile on her face. Mm-hmm. They're sitting on the beach, and Nathan says something about, like, when these shorelines wash away with global warming, I'm going to be there for you still. When the sun burns out, when Donald Trump starts nuclear war. When everything is hopeless, when COVID comes in 20 years. When you're 99 years old and you break a hip in the shower and you fall (laughs) to the ground, I'll be there for you. Wow. 
Yeah, he gets real into it. So, <laughs> um, no, it's a nice little scene in that sense. It is, honestly, it is nice. I mean, they totally, this is the thing we didn't actually address, is that they completely changed the timeline. Oh, that's true. We never addressed this, actually. Say, I forgot about that. But in the previous season finale, they made it look like they ran off and got married that evening. And, like, right after the game. But I'm assuming they realized after they wrote that, uh, that's, like, not legally possible. So... They had to... I figured it out. I figured out what the timeline is. They got married before the game, okay? And after the game, when Haley's sitting in the car, in Nathan's car, she says, I want to do this now more than ever. They They were talking about going home and just fucking plowing each other. What a fun, sexy time for you. So you think they were already married? No, I don't know. Oh, I think okay. Because that that's, to... that's interesting, though, to think that they went to that game married. I think it... Here, I'm just trying to make it... It, it doesn't make sense. There's no way to it make it make sense. Because there's no way that they would be that dramatic in the car about, I want to do this now more than ever. I know, right. After, and, and also, there's be... no way they would have gotten married and then not had sex immediately. Yeah. Like, hey, we're still on this beach. Go away, guys. Yeah. They definitely yeah, hid yeah. behind, like, a sand dune and, and went at it. Like, there's no way. <laughs> they made a little, like, a sand trench that <laughs> yes. they could, like, lay down into. Yes. There's 100% no way they didn't immediately do it. But, but honestly, I appreciate you trying to make it make sense because it has always bothered people that this time jump has happened and there's no explanation of how. It doesn't bother me that much because I understand it's just, like, a retroactive kind of, like, correction. But it, it drove, I mean, I also, when I first saw this as a teenager, I loved this explanation. So we're did not we, finished with the episode. Did though. we see a ring on their finger uh, when they were having sex or when they were talking about the shit on the, she had that ring on her finger. So here's what I'm wondering. Okay. I'm wondering if they went out and got the rings and they made it like unofficial, like, Hey, we're married and we're doing this like tomorrow or something. You know what I mean? No, the, you know I don't, saying? I know. I do not think that there's any explanation other than the writers fucked up. Well, whatever. I we, truly, I don't think there is. We go from here, and Karen's in the cafe, closed, but somebody walks in. Mm. It's Lucas and his bald-ass head. <laughs> Little Lucas. And Karen's like, oh, you're back. Baby boy. You haven't even gone a day yet. Let me come over there and give you a big old hug. And she doesn't say anything. But we go from there, and we see Whitey, alone in the hospital, thinking about this brain tumor, and how he may be closer to Camilla than he realizes. Oh. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean he might be thinking that. I would He be. might be. But we see Deb looking at the divorce papers that has a D where Dan's name should go mm-hmm. because he started to sign. D for divorce. That's right. Mm-hmm. But it was D for Dan is having a damn heart attack. <laughs> yep. And then we go back to Brooke and Peyton goofing around on a beach. Now it's dark as fuck out. And they're running around chasing each other and giggling. All we see is the light from a fire. Mm-hmm. But who would stumble upon that beach in the middle of who knows where? Lucas. Lucas found them. He's like a moth to a flame. (laughs) And they both stop, their mouths agape. And then it moves on (laughs) to Keith showing up at the hospital, who starts to comfort Deb. And for the first time this episode, the real Dan Scott, who's sitting there in a little coma, opens his eyes. And the first thing he sees is his brother and his still wife in an embrace. (laughs) Amazing. It is. It's great. I love it. So funny. I was screaming at the TV. I wasn't actually screaming, but I was very vocal about, I hope he wakes up right now because Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember. The longer this podcast takes, the less I will remember about the show. That is true because the longer it will get get from when you last saw it. That's right. That's true. I haven't seen, honestly, it's been about a year since I've seen this stuff and I've only seen it once. 
right? Because I think we moved to Pennsylvania about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So I was yelling at the TV. I was like, you better open your fucking eyes and watch this. Oh my God, it was so funny. And then he did. So funny. It was perfect. Honey, that was the season premiere of season two. What do you think? Um, I think it was, you know, it's interesting. I loved this episode when I was a teenager. I was so into it. I loved the slowed down timeline, getting to really see them making the decisions to get married. I loved, I loved all of it. Um, now I, I like it a little bit less now as an adult. I think it's enter- interesting and entertaining. It, there's more things that make me angry now, you know, um, but it's interesting. A lot is set up. I think it's a little bit silly that Lucas and Keith leave and immediately come back, like literally like the same day. You know what I think would have been better? What? If they had actually left. Okay. I think if they had actually left and the break over the summer between the seasons, they were actually gone and then they decided to come back. Mm-hmm. If they could have somehow worked it into that and then Dan has a heart attack like at the end of that time, I don't know. No, I agree, actually. I don't know which way, because honestly, it is kind of ridiculous that they were gone for like a day. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be this big client, like this big deal that he comes back. Like, why is it a big deal? Like, Lucas was literally gone for like a day. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that big of a deal that he left. Like, it's it would have been now granted this is not summer this is still the middle of the school year so this is not like like had there been that kind of break it would have been awesome um and maybe that's why they couldn't do a break like that because the ad, they'd have to like show lucas starting a different school year and all this stuff i mean but it just it, it just it's, it, it, to me it's kind of poor writing in a way because they built up this really big thing about lucas leaving and then he immediately comes back in the next episode like who yeah. cares you know so i think that's a little bit silly but there's a lot to be excited about with it. Like there, the wedding and the marriage between Nathan and Haley is really interesting. That's like a really interesting storyline. I like seeing Peyton and Brooke being friends again. Obviously, they're trying to show Lucas coming back as like a potential wedge between them. Hopefully, it won't be. Like I, I. But I mean, what other storylines are really? I mean, Dan recovering. I don't. There's no real other storylines that are set up yet. You know. No, no. So that's the one thing is I feel like it, we don't really know where this season might be headed, except for that nothing's actually changing other than Lucas and or nothing's actually changing other than Nathan and Haley being married. Right. You know, otherwise, what else has actually changed on the show? You know? Yeah, you're right. So I would say that it's a I enjoyed the episode, but I think it could have been done a little bit differently. What about you? Well, it was all right. I mean, I mean, is this rewatchable to you? I mean, I don't know. I think I might rewatch this. Yeah, I think it is rewatchable. Like, I think it's, I think it's fun. I do think it's fun. Like, with the issues with the the timing of everything and like everybody, like, like it doesn't really add too much. This episode, mm-hmm. because they literally haven't left. If you think about it, because it's yeah. been like less than a day or a yeah. day or whatever, it doesn't really add anything other than Dan's in the hospital now, right? And like Haley is. Uh, married to nathan but that was carryover from the last episode right like it's not anything it's mostly just a an episode used to like retroactively explain how they got married and to and they're showing the create a reason for yeah the one thing they're doing too is like creating more of a rift in the scott family yeah because now we're seeing i mean deb was already alone alone as it is and now dan's having his issues in the hospital so there's really not much that they're adding to this. Yeah. But I like it. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fun overall. So in terms of um, favorite character or actor, is, do you have one? I mean, that's a very hard question. Mm-hmm. Because I thought so many of them were fine as their character, but uninteresting totally. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> or like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nobody that was, like, standing out to me. Well, this is a ve- very much like an ensemble episode where we're checking yeah. in with everyone on some level. Like, there's main storylines, but we're checking in with everybody. And no one is really standing out. So I kind of agree with you. I mean, I like the, like, um, Deborah. Deb. Deb. 
I liked whoever that whoever Barbara, Barbara Allen was. That's it. That's it. I like her actress in this. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. crying and all that. It's good. <laughs> I like to see her cry whenever I can. <laughs> well, you know. Um, no, I mean, like I don't really think there's like there's there's really no one who stands out too much. I don't think. Honestly, there's not that much time between everybody. Because there's not that much time for Nathan and Haley. There's well, not that much time for Lucas and Keith. There's and not that much time And anytime there's these Karen. episodes, yeah, anytime there's these episodes that are flashing back and forth a lot too, it is harder to ground yourself in like what's happening. So I think, well, this is a very much like a steady first episode of the season. Um, this, is, I mean, this is definitely one of those episodes where like you can tell they're picking up from a summer break and they want fans to know where each and every single one of their characters mm-hmm. that they're interested in, they are giving them little glimpses of what has been happening or, or what's happening yes. currently. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. No, no real standout characters, no real standout lines. Really? Um, I don't think we don't, we haven't really been doing that very consistently. I just, I, I didn't really come up with anything I mean, I, I honestly, I will say, I do think the interactions with Haley's parents are really fun. I think they're really entertaining and fun. Yeah, I will say, that, like, when it comes to, like, my favorite part of the episode, mm-hmm. I do like Haley and uh, Haley's parents mm-hmm. like, goofing around. That's yeah. the kind of parents I want to be, other than, like, letting our kids get married at 16. Yeah, I mean, I like their, their jovial, silly personalities, yeah. but I don't like their decision-making um, at all. But I like them still. Like, they're, they're one of the reasons I actually like the episode. So I will say that, like, as much as I am shitting on it from a realistic standpoint, from a realism standpoint, this episode is horrifying. But from a storytelling t- TV standpoint, it's fun. So, yeah. so yeah, I don't really know that I have anything else. Well, honey, that was a great episode, and I cannot wait for the next one. I cannot wait either. So for now, this has been Alex. And this has been Lena. And this was Getting Mouthy. Getting <laughs> Mouthy.